0: Welcome back to Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. I'm your host Nisha, and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host,
1: the Badass.
0: So I, well, we have to apologize because we promised them that there will be a guest, but unfortunately there was some sound quality issues. So oh, yeah. yeah, we're gonna have to see like if we can re-record it when and if you know. But we the show is called Hot Garbage, but we definitely don't want to give garbage like
1: literally, right? No, we don't. No, yeah, we got, we got quality to yeah. our garbage.
0: We have quality to our garbage. So if there's any kind of sounds, you know, issues, then we're definitely not gonna put it out. There. A good amount
1: of our stuff is an actual garbage. It's rubbish.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and so it's not quite garbage.
0: Yeah, I like that term, rubbish. Should we change it to the hot rubbish show? No, like, that's, it sounds no. more like
1: British. Don't put hot in front of the word rubbish.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> they
1: say that's rubbish, but they never say hot rubbish. Oh yeah, that's You're not right, going to yeah. let that fly. That's too American. Yeah,
0: that's not going to work. No. Well, but yeah, so. But we have a good case for you Oh,
1: snaps us, us.
0: Yeah, so remember... When am
1: I going to start reading the cases? Why do you always read the when cases?
0: When you start researching the cases. When are you going to research the cases?
1: Okay, read the case.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... You remember how, I, when were we talking about death shine? Remember, it was something you were telling me, you said there's a whole, like, shine that you have, like, you know, when yeah, you die. When you,
1: when you fell, it was screaming out of somebody else's funeral. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you stole that woman's death shine. That
0: took away, that was so embarrassing. That was embarrassing. I couldn't even believe I fell.
1: Most people, I, the thing is, most people fall in silence. It was the fact that you fall screaming <laughs> out and calling out people's names. to the, Even your girl, <laughs> Tia, help me out of family
0: i don't feel my leg everybody
1: looking over at you that's what stole the death shine you should have just silently fell your ass down and just kept it quiet kept everybody would let people walk on your hand even that's just what happens you like damn it i don't fell at somebody else's funeral
0: oh my god i will never do that again like ever Uh, fall at somebody else's
1: funeral i I think you might fall again but what needs to be is a better reaction once you Fallen.
0: okay yeah because you know like a lot of the videos that they were trying to get of the pallbearer they had to delete them because i'm in the background falling
1: because you're be in the background it. falling and screaming it's not <laughs> just because you are fallen they would have kept it it's <laughs> the fact that you started yelling out at somebody else's funeral
0: Oh and God. it's not
1: because you yell it out and crying in pain either. It's not because you yell it out because you missed them. you yell it out because your butt doesn't and you need your attention at this moment. <laughs> like They was like, who's hurting more? This dead person or you with just twist your ankle? Oh you don't get God. your butt up with your twisted ankle?
0: It was so, and then when we, even when we got to the, the burial site, there was people that didn't even see me fall. They was like, hey, I heard that, you know, you had fell. Are you okay?
1: Right, because they knew like, wow. of you. They knew of you. That funeral became you.
0: Oh my god! It, you
1: stole her death shine.
0: See, and so don't ever steal someone's death shine at all.
1: I mean, it, you get get you cursed. All right, you get, your, your ankle twisted. Well, it can do that. I you.
0: remember what, how what, how we got into that conversation because I forgot what we was talking about. And I said, I said, if something ever happened to you, I'm gonna be at the funeral, screaming and crying, and I'm gonna be on the ground where the even your wife is. And you was like, don't steal my death shine by doing that." So you don't want me to scream and cry
1: at your funeral? More than my woman would be if I have, <laughs> my wife would be if she had my funeral. Yeah, so, what the hell? No. But, but she, she needs to be the primary crier. Well, she's the, she's gonna cry, but
0: you know no, she's really quiet. No, you need really to gauge
1: your cry off of her cry.
0: But she's quiet though. She's like super I mean, quiet. I gonna...
1: okay. Whether she's quiet, whether she's loud, if she, she's the primary crier. It's the it's the mother, it's the person who's it's connected to them. So it's the wife. Okay. Then it's the mother. If The mother's alive. Mm-hmm. And then it is the firstborn daughter. Like, she gets to give it up to the world, right?
0: Okay, there. so I can't scream and cry and fall on the floor.
1: Not if they not. Okay. <laughs> if they not on that crying level, you can't go on that crying level. Because then it's so, like, you just showing the hell out. When everybody else in the family done accepted this death in a whole different type of way. Oh. Now, and this going to also draw attention to where people are going to be like, why is she so doggone upset and the wife ain't even that damn oh, sad? Oh, yeah. I didn't even like,
0: think did about that. Like, did he mean that
1: much to you, girl? <laughs> <laughs> what was happening?
0: I did not know that there was that much funeral etiquette.
1: That's. I'm telling you. That's why I I'm like, like, you need to follow the blinds lines. Of transition. If you, uh, another woman, is crying more than a man's wife, everybody looking at you now.
0: Oh, right. I didn't even think about that. Like, I didn't even
1: that think that about was, that. you had a more special connection? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what this
0: is? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well everybody you just you just schooled everybody on how to act at funerals. because it reminded me of uh, you remember when Biggie died how little Kim I think they said she was screaming and crying more than Faith was there you <laughs> go
1: they, and that's when they, and that's like, where, the shouting. coldest part is Faith didn't even want to believe that he was cheating until that happened then they started an investigation and found out he'd been doing it for the longest time like, so he was having sex with her you know what sparked her heard screaming and crying at the funeral yeah. was like, wait a minute now
0: I think it was like Mary J Blige had yeah. to like hold her up
1: or something like, like wait that wait a, a minute like if yeah like that like she was in love yeah. so that means is your connection was deeper than my connection like I'm not falling out nobody holding me the hell up I'm just dabbing my eyes <laughs> <laughs> and you over here on the ground <laughs> who do you think he's so looking at at the last moments too like oh shit you like he almost look at you like a traitor if you his wife like damn girl look at her like, at her like I should have married that one <laughs>
0: Well, the reason that I brought up Death Shine today is because we're going to talk about Jesse Anderson and his Death Shine was taken away because, did you know, so this is the guy that got murdered along with Dahmer. Did you know that somebody else had got killed with Dahmer before?
1: Uh, when... Before you told me the story? No. But I, since then, I can't act ignorant of the fact that I didn't hear of this.
0: Yeah. But a lot of people, like, didn't like because I didn't know. Like, because it was always on the, you know, on the newspapers and everything. You know, Dahmer was murdered. That's what it always says. Dahmer murdered. You know? Yeah. And then I think they say, yeah. and another guy
1: at some point. I don't think they say, and another guy. Or I think it's, like, man. later on in the, like, the, the the column, like, when you turn to page three, the continuance.
0: <laughs> oh, and another man.
1: Right. It's, like, <laughs> and another inmate. It wasn't even a man. Like, oh, yeah. also, another inmate was harmed. In harmed in the in the incident. That is the entire sentence of what happens. Another, another inmate was harmed in the incident, and they keep it pushing on the on the Dahmer.
0: Yeah, that's true because yeah, you, you can't die with somebody that's more famous than you. That's just you can't because you're gonna be and the other one. Bro, you have no name
1: yeah you lost he lost it. now that's where he lost his death shine
0: yeah. yeah see he lost his death shine so we're gonna talk a little bit about jesse anderson today okay he's a piece of shit so he doesn't really deserve death shine but i guess he's gonna get his death shine now because we're gonna talk about it so, so. you're
1: awesome i mean yeah you know, knowingly yeah this is a piece of shit you're gonna go ahead and give him shiny. yeah <laughs> welcome to the usa
0: <laughs> so Jesse Anderson was born on May 3rd, 1957, and he was born in Indianapolis, Indiana, but he grew up in Illinois. Now, he came from, like, a middle-class family. He had a mom, dad, and then he had two sisters named Karen and Deborah. And Jesse was always remembered as having a very short temper, and he was someone that would just always, like, fly off the handle for any little thing. Nice. Now, he was very smart in school, but he wasn't very outgoing at all. But everybody that talks, uh, talks about him said that he was super intelligent with his grades and everything.
1: That's scary, actually. Yeah. Someone mm-hmm. who seeks destruction and is intelligent.
0: Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot like you. Uh,
1: what? <laughs> I was thinking of Joker. Good God. <laughs> but I know who you thinking of me now. Yeah. <laughs> Who's not getting some for Christmas?
0: Oh, no. Uh No, I want my Chanel bag.
1: Oh, you do now? Yes, I do. Oh, From the evil, evil person (laughs) that's anyone from?
0: Hey, I'm just thinking about the conversation we were having before we started this um, show, like, just right now. (laughs) Now, May 25th, 1970, his dad actually ended up dying from a heart attack, so his mother remarried a man named Willard Forsey. And he had kids as well, but Jesse did not get along with his new stepdad, nor his new step, you know, brothers and sisters. So basically it got so bad that he ended up like beating his stepdad's ass and he ended up, yeah, he ended up sending him to the hospital. I
1: guess that's something he did not foresee.
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) Now he did graduate from high school and he left town without returning because he just didn't want to, you know, be back, you know, in that household with his stepdad but he did end up going to college, and he studied business administrations and military science and ROTC as well. Now, while he was in college, he ended up working at a restaurant. You don't
1: study ROTC. You're in ROTC.
0: Well, is that what I said? Or
1: did I say- he said he studied it. Like, you got a master's oh, degree in ROTC.
0: No, like, I mean, no, I mean, he was in ROTC, but he studied military science and business administration. Okay. Thank you for correcting me on that. I was just wondering,
1: because I'm like- <laughs> Did he actually be in that or was he just reading YouTube, reading books and watching YouTube videos of ROTC and just said he just claimed he knew that stuff? There's a lot of that.
0: Now, while he was in college, he was also working at a restaurant. It was like a pizza place where he got really close with his boss and his boss name was Jim McGraw. So, you know, um, Jim took him in. He was kind of like a son to him. And he even got promoted to manager, you know, at the restaurant that he worked at. But unfortunately, his scholarship ran out. And I didn't even know this, because usually when people get, like, scholarships, I thought it was, like, most, um, like, full-ride scholarships, but sometimes they give, like, partial scholarships, too, to where it'll float you maybe through a few semesters or something like that, and when that runs out, you're kind of on your own. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened with him.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. girl, yes. Yeah. You'll find out when your daughter gets there.
0: Yeah, she's getting a full-ride scholarship, and there is is amazing, so I don't know why this would happen to her, but...
1: It happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes they just... That you may really want to go to, may not be offering the full.
0: Mm, that makes sense. So that's you know what
1: I'm saying. That's one of the things you'll learn in that thing. Like, mm-hmm. you really may want her to go to Yale, but Howard mm-hmm. is offering the full ride and Yale is offering partial.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, it's going to depend. So, that's a good lesson to learn and always have a backup plan as well, you mm-hmm. know. Now, so when this happened, he ended up like leaving college and everything like that. And because he no longer had a place to stay, his manager, Jim Regraw, let him move in with him for a minute, you know, but Jesse Anderson started stealing money from out of the cash register at work. And so the
1: guy that let you stay in his house Mm -hmm.
0: and promoted him to manager and everything. See, it's already starting. And this is just the beginning of what Jesse's going to do. Now, Jim McGraw found out that he was stealing money from him, and of course, you know, he kicked him out of the house, he fired him, and in return, Jesse stole, you know, his shotgun and some sporting equipment from his house, too, on his way out. And then after that, he got employed at another restaurant.
1: I mean, at that point, you almost have to shoot him on site because you know he's on.
0: Yeah. Hey, man, that's called biting the hand that feeds you, for real. So... After all that happened, he got married to Deborah, which was his longtime girlfriend.
1: I mean he got off clean. he went off and had another life and got mm-hmm. married I mean, mm-hmm. just listen to
0: this Now Deborah's family didn't like him at all and they ended up moving to Chicago and it was Glenn Allen, Chicago, where they had their son John William who was born in April of 1983. Now, during this time, Jesse started being possessive, controlling. He started lying to her, and he was very mean about her weight. He was mentally abusive. And Deborah said the whole time that she was pregnant, she felt like he was cheating. He also admitted to her that he had did a series of burglaries, you know, around the neighborhood.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, so. (laughs) He's
1: he's like, I am the foundation of Mm -hmm. your fatherhood.
0: Now he ended up going back to college, and he received, you know, a degree in business administration. After he received his degree, he filed for a divorce from Deborah. Now Deborah ended up, yeah, yeah. As soon as he got that time, yeah. So as soon as Deborah, you know, Deborah actually got custody of his child and won child support as well. So Deborah got and Deborah got remarried as well. When Deborah got remarried, the new guy, the new husband, adopted the little boy. And Jesse ended up signing away all his parental rights because he didn't want to have to pay child support. So that's what he did. So he started his life over again. And Jesse...
1: It's kind of now not an advocate for mm-hmm. him at all, just on the mm-hmm. whack sauce of <clears throat> how the system works, man. Mm-hmm. Where it seems like it's way easier for the woman to get the child. It mm-hmm. seems like it's just so easy, man. Yeah you have to waive the rights in order not to pay? I mean, because it's not cheap. Right. It's well, not it's cheap. cheap.
0: But, and this was in the Ooh. 80s, so I, I, was, I was trying to look up now. I don't think you can do that now where you can just say, I'm going to sign over my rights so that I don't have to pay.
1: I mean, like, no, yeah, you can't, you can't do that They still lock now. your butt in. Yeah. They get that cash out of yeah. your booty. <laughs> ass. Like, oh, man. Like, that's what I'm like, Like, whew, I would, I would need a woman. I got to have it. I mean, I believe I do now because I mean, you know, I, I can't say this it's going to be a hundred percent, but I know we've talked about it and I have, I'm, I'm just one of those people. I, mm-hmm. I'm frank with you. Like, Hey, we get divorced. Don't take me to court. I'm Nick Cannon. Yeah.
0: Okay? <laughs> it's cheaper to keep her. Uh, that, that old saying is true. I mean, I mean
1: <laughs> if you don't have a prenup.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but the prenup doesn't protect you against child support though. Like you have to pay your child support. The prenup is just like for a spousal support.
1: No, I'm what I'm saying is that now it, it should be more fair on the contesting of who then deserves. If Kanye is worth three hundred billion or three billion at the time, mm-hmm. and she was worth only fifty million, who you think could take care of the kids better? Mm-hmm. You know, courthouse. If it's, it's the bajillionaire. Oh, so so that's why I'm that, like, yeah. like, why he didn't get the kids?
0: Oh, so you're saying that the custody should be based on like the most income. Well, anything, like... something
1: fair. Something fair. Like, yeah. how, What are y'all basing it off of that you just gave it to her?
0: Yeah, I don't and know. And then he like... start
1: cashing out 200000 a month. If he could do 200000 a month, couldn't he take care of those kids and just keep them?
0: Yeah, I don't know what the court looks at when it's like, you know, who's going to actually take the kids. God knows most of the time the mom does get the kids, by like, right? Right. Like I'm like,
1: was every man ever in all of history just like, I don't want them damn things. Tell her to keep them. I'll take a bill.
0: Like, is every man saying that? No, uh, I'll take a bill. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean... It, whoever has the kids, I mean, the person that's paying actually has it easier if you think about it. Because you, you still get to do what you want to do. Like, think about a man or a woman that's paying. Like, you... I, yeah,
1: you if know. you heard the size of people's checks that have been taken I mean, out, someone got it easier. Well, I
0: mean, but I'm saying, but think about a lot of people, if you have your kids, there's certain jobs you can't take. There's certain hours. You always got to worry about childcare versus the man he, or a woman, whoever they still is. have
1: to do that because you can going to have joint, quote-unquote, custody.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you're gonna join it, but the they just have
1: majority. Custody. They have majority custody, so that but means you, think you about got it, that same thing that happens three times a week for yourself too, instead of four times. Or if there's week.
0: some people that only get their kids on weekends, and then you know that's what I mean, two so you times can have, five yeah. times. So it's like you can so have it your still gonna happen to you. So that's what I was thinking. But think about like you're just saying, and not that I'm saying, because everybody should. I feel like everybody the kids. I mean, if you said parents. that
1: somebody has to be there on the weekend, think about this yeah. too. Yeah. If I work nine to five and I get to quote unquote do what I want and work the hours I want. Yeah, you
0: got have two, three jobs, jobs if you want to. But the person you know, that you got know, you the can't. Because can. you
1: can't have the weekend. You're going to have to have the weekends off because you got the kids. Oh, well, so, yeah, I, and okay. also you're going to have to be, once you offer your jobs this nine to five working Monday through Friday, your two days off is with the kids.
0: Yeah. Oh, so like, yeah, so you may be. But there's some people that got every other weekend. I don't know. But then you still gotta have that every other weekend off with to be with the kids. Like
1: I don't know, like I've I've heard. I've heard the checks that's come out of these people's, the money that's come out of these people's checks.
0: Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I'm not, and we're not even talking about celebrities or rich people. I've seen like normal people. I'm, I've yeah, seen, I'm talking I'm, an
1: average Joe working at Smart and Final. <laughs> I've say
0: taking out of Smart and Final
1: he, check. He, bro, he, start, he said it started at 800 and he's like, bro, you yeah. At smart and Final? He was taking it out of his check. This is the coldest part is he had to sit here and go contest because of the fact that they felt that that was underpaid and had him on back pay and so he went up to $1,500 oh, and that started while I was there 1500 like, a month? A month and you work at Smart and Final? What yes. the? Yes. So what
0: the like, fuck? That's I not even like, no how, I...
1: how you gonna do that? He's like I gotta go live with my mama. I don't know <laughs> how I'm gonna do like bro, like how you gonna how you gonna do oh, anything? Well, you only. Oh. I was like, he made probably three thousand a month.
0: Oh, maybe. No, that's and I half mean, his... like that's
1: doing that's doing overtime.
0: That's half his check
1: gone.
0: <laughs> he had to live with his mom. That's that's terrible. I mean, I want people, everybody needs to take care of their kids, but damn, what, like, you're making it hard, so now he don't even have a place, so when the, when the kids come over, they gotta be at his mom's house, that's not fair to his
1: mom, I mean, cause like, he, he, ain't, gonna, he ain't got no other way that he can do it, and now you over, and he over the limit where you qualify for food stamps, what, so how, right, because of the oh, fact, oh, that's
0: right, because they're going off his job check, they don't care that they're taking they don't
1: care that they're taking it, it.
0: oh, no, 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 you guys, it's cheaper to keep her, i'm
1: gonna <laughs> like i said I like bro you take me to court bro. i don't know man we ain't never gonna be friends hell no like seriously
0: well it turns out that deborah was right writing... can you sign an after oh there is something called a post nup i don't know much about it but you can do a post oh yeah yeah i don't know how that works though because honestly if somebody really is a gold digger and we're already married i might be like i'm not signing that shit oh, we're you fucking it. married you like post nup
1: the... We ain't (laughs) gonna (laughs) stay.
0: Dad, did you see the look you just gave me,
1: girl? you got real. I'm like, I will turn into the tiger hunter (laughs) Uh, over here. I will will hire some dude with a bicycle. You better uh, sign this post number.
0: It, it almost felt like we were in the moment. Like, you were really talking to me. <laughs> girl, <my favorite. laughs> I was like, what? Because I was like, I'm outside to that shit. It was, it, you better sign that post number. Girl,
1: that <laughs> girl would have felt the heat. She'd be uh, like, you feel like steaming heat coming? That's exactly what that would have been. Like, girl, sign that motherfucking post number. <laughs> I'm not playing no more. <laughs> Hell to the fucking no! <laughs>
0: oh, now Deborah was right because remember what she said? She felt like he had been cheating the whole time. Well, he was because he was he was messing around with this lady named Barbara, and Barbara Allen Lynch. And basically, he was messing around with her at the same time that he's messing around with Deborah. But now they're divorced, and so he ends up being with Barbara now. Now. Barbara and uh, Jesse they ended up getting married at, well, on March thirtieth, nineteen of 1985.
1: Did they even get divorced? He they did get divorced remember oh,
0: okay. yeah so Deborah's married the child is with the new husband you know but they have their family he's moved on with his oh, life oh they was
1: doing the suspicions okay uh, I mean, yeah but she was saying the, that she oh, was pregnant. Oh you're explaining the yeah. move on at this point because you did say he went on to get married yeah, uh-huh.
0: that. yeah so now <clears throat> so now Jesse and Barbara is actually married and Jesse wanted the perfect marriage he had this whole you know idea in his mind Barbara's brother, Thomas Lynch, he was actually a police officer and he decided to investigate Jesse.
1: Uh, What a God. Right. Bad luck there, buddy.
0: Now, it turned out that Jesse had actually at one time applied to be a part of the FBI, but he had gotten turned down. And the reason he got turned down is because this was during the time he was still married to Deborah and they come to your wife, your family and ask about you. And she actually, yeah. yeah, And she actually told him, told them about all the mental abuse that he was doing to her.
1: No. And that, yeah, that is a good wife backing you up there. Uh
0: huh. And that also that he couldn't interact with others and she just gave him a really bad, you know, report. So they turned him down and also they found out he had done 30 days in jail at one point for an assault so they just told him that he wasn't high do trying to
1: sugar it in there and try to take it away from her she messed it up for him yeah purpose.
0: I, well i was just throwing that <laughs> in too well she did mess it up for him but also they also ran his background and found out he had did 30 days in jail for an assault they
1: ran it after that yeah <laughs> i know i would if your own wife talking like that yeah because <clears throat> nobody gonna look up 30 days
0: mm-hmm.
1: like man Mm, mm,
0: mm. now Jesse was told that they was not hiring so then he tried to apply for the CIA and it was the same thing you know. so he got turned down for that and this is what Barbara's brother found out
1: now the crazy thing is that does happen They, uh, I had a friend mm-hmm. well it was actually not even a friend, friend it was a neighbor who lived uh, but not even next door across the street and she came to me and she was like I'm going to interview with the CIA not even doing like no real like heavy work she was going to be one of their data processors, or something uh-huh, like that, or you know, uh-huh. something like that, or maybe in and something along yeah. those lines. <clears throat> and she was prepping me for interviews. She's like, "They're gonna come and ask you about stuff with me." So I just wanted to kind of talk to you about what do you feel about me. And I was just like, "What?" Like, you said? Yeah, I was like, "Who's gonna talk to me?" Like, you know, Will Smith <laughs> and Tommy Lee? Is they coming to my house right quick? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm trying to figure out like what are they even gonna look like? Yeah. And surprisingly enough, like, I'm telling you right now, when CIA, FBI, they look ordinary as crap. When I tell you they look ordinary, mm-hmm. it doesn't make no sense. Like, there's a guy that's walking down the street right now in a polo that looks <laughs> hey, that's like the a, FBI. Dork, and yeah. a freaking FBI agent, and he's balding. And you're like, really? That does not look like the sexy stuff I see on movies. Yeah. Like, they look like an everyday butt person. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's, like, almost insane. It's almost like some Matrix stuff, but in yeah. a different type of way. Where it's like you know no they don't turn around with black suits and look hella cool it's just like all of a sudden this guy has a silenced weapon on him and you're like you look like a Jewish grandfather and like on the scene from Seinfeld but he he's a armed killer
0: oh no joke huh
1: it's really wild
0: <laughs> so now after all this so Jesse and Barbara end up you know going to Cedarburg they've ended up moving to Wisconsin in 1986 to Cedarburg Wisconsin and they have three kids. So they have, it looks like two girls and one boy together. Now, Barbara had been a stockbroker, but after the kids, she decided to just stay at home and be a housewife. And Jesse got a job as a commercial salesman. And he was really good at his job, so he made a lot of money. And it was at the Lakeside Oil Company. And there he was a model employee. You know, he was, you know, an outgoing, energetic family man. He liked to do, you know. You said
1: it was all going downhill like about 20 minutes ago, girl. Well, it's about to go downhill. Well, now it is. But now, but he was no, it 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 was no perpetual hill downness. No,
0: not with Barbara. So keep in mind, so that was Deborah. It went downhill with Deborah.
1: So it's Deborah's fault?
0: No, so we're talking about two different women. So, Deborah. I know. Yeah. Is. So, Deborah, it was all bad. So, this is the beginning with Barbara and Jesse. It was all good in the beginning with Barbara and Jesse. It hasn't gone downhill yet. Yeah, you made it, it was, sound like
1: it was, this is about to go down. Now, you're about well, to go on a killing spree. Well, no,
0: the only reason that. So, it was Barbara's brother, for some reason, didn't like him for whatever reason.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's what made him start investigating him. But it wasn't anything with Jesse and Barbara yet. But I'm yeah, getting to
1: that. So, it seemed like he was not all the time just Jerkosaurus.
0: Oh, well, not all the time, but... yeah. That, yeah. Did That's I say...
1: He, girl, you, you bust out a Jay-Z line. Like, it's about to go down. <laughs> well, it and is I was like, like,
0: what? And I was like, what is happening? This story, it's about to go down. But he was a
1: good man for years is what I'm just saying. He was he, like, really? A good dude? Honest worker and all this stuff? And I'm trying to hear Robert, what yeah. didn't alter that.
0: If you would let me... Stop, I'm about to tell you what altered it right go now. Go ahead, narrator. Okay. So, So, basically, during this time, you know he was everybody that knew him said that he was you know an outgoing family man he liked to do sports kickboxing fitness volunteer at church agencies and barbara was also volunteering as well with big brothers and sisters now during this time though she had gained a lot of weight from her last child and she was having a hard time losing that weight and jesse is a fitness buff so he felt like you know she needs to lose the weight so just like he did with deborah he was became verbally abusive to her regarding her weight that's what so, helps Yeah, so Barbara ended up writing him a letter. She would always, like, write down her feelings, but she wouldn't give it to him. She would just write down her feelings. Eventually, she was going to work up the nerve to, like, give it to him. And it was just basically apologizing for everything that she gained weight and she's going to try to lose the weight. And she, you know, was promising to be a better woman for him.
1: Now, during this time... You've been losing it better than I've been losing it. You over here getting your fly on. Kind of jelly.
0: Hold me. I've been yeah, losing weight.
1: you've been losing your weight better than I've been. Lo- I've been trying to lose oh, my weight, but you've been losing yours better.
0: I've been drinking my water a lot of water. Like that's what it is. I don't At drink least, anything I else besides, apple, besides yeah besides the alcohol on Saturdays that we consume, but that's yeah. it. Yeah, drink a lot of water. I drink six bottles of water a day now, You're and saying. and it's cleared up my skin too. Like I just got told I have radiant skin now. Your Skin
1: does look better. Yeah, it does look better. I will. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you about Thank that. Thank you. Into that water drinking. Uh huh. Six bottles. I don't know of your water. pee is clear as hell.
0: Yeah, it? really clear. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, I
1: mean, it's like it's something like when you drink a good amount of water, like your system starts going right.
0: I'm going to hold you accountable from now on. I'm going to oh, call me. Yep. Call me and
1: keep me accountable. Yeah, six bottles thing. of
0: water. Actually, no, for you because my son is like my um, he's a fitness guru now. So for you, a man, it's eight bottles of water a day. For women, it's five to six. So Why you have to do you drink always eight put bottles? me on
1: extra stuff that you ain't doing <laughs>
0: because every man, time you he, man, something. that's not my fault. You're a man. My son said, he's been studying this. It's mm-hmm. eight bottles of water for men and five to six for women. So you have to do eight. Ugh.
1: You have no extra
0: <laughs> so, uh, so at this point, Jesse, you know, has started to be very controlling to Barbara. He threatened to kick her out of the house to take away her credit cards. And in, August of 1988 though he ended up developing a company called the Olympic Petroleum Products and he had Barbara serving as the president you know of his company as well Jesse also wanted to be into a political office so all this was what people saw on the outside world but on the inside world Barbara was going through hell because he was mentally abusive he was physically abusive he was threatening her basically because she was a stay at home mom too the so he was a yeah remember this is what we was just talking about yesterday that sometimes when you're like a stay at home mom like he, he had all the control the credit cards everything he said all I have to do is just shut your shit off so she felt like she couldn't go anywhere you know what I mean it's one so, of those
1: when, like I told you before is if you Try and threaten them with it. It becomes or what? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I take all this stuff away from you?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's that's crazy. We was talking about this, and we're doing this case. But this is exactly what was going on, and it got so bad that. You know, she was like, she wants to go to a marriage counselor. In 1992, she wanted to visit a marriage counselor and, you know, talk about the fact that he was controlling, always had an attitude about her weight, but he refused to go with her to marriage counseling. And the crazy thing about it is that he also forbid her to talk about him during the marriage counselor or to even say Mm -hmm. his name. So I'm like, but all this stuff is confidential. So like, you're not going to know if I'm saying your name at these counselor sessions. (laughs) Well, it's
1: not even about the name, whether or not knowing. Yeah. It's about addressing issues that she may feel directly towards him and is then will counter the interaction that she will have towards him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she, he doesn't want her to deal with him in a different way than what he's dealing with. is mm-hmm. an old pimp thing.
0: Yeah. Now... Barbara said that Jesse would get super upset too if he found her with any kind of candy. She wasn't allowed to have no candy, no. Like if he found rappers in the house, he would like scream at her about that as well. And then at this point,
1: like, like Lil Wayne or Lil Durk,
0: is that do they scream at their women for candy? No,
1: does he find them in their house, them rappers?
0: No. Oh. <laughs> So, her friends and families also started reporting that he stopped letting Barbara talk on the phone to her friends, too. And, you know, then at the end of this point, Jesse, Jesse started physically abusing Barbara, too. So, she then wrote him another letter, you know, just saying that she was tired of all the abuse and she just couldn't take it, you know. So, March 1992, Jesse ended up taking her on a second honeymoon to Jamaica. Now,
1: after beating her, then taking her to the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how you do it
0: but he started acting very you weird. Heart out, Kobe. <laughs> so he started acting really weird on this honeymoon. So you a lot of people thought that cuz at this point he had started kind of like plotting to get her out of the way and a lot of people thought that he was plotting on this honeymoon to kill her because this is what happened. So they have this where they had to walk up a waterfall. So and I'm thinking it was Dunn's River Falls, but there's a lot of waterfalls out in Jamaica. But that's the main, like, one where you go to Jamaica. It's really nice. And you need these special water shoes to walk up it because it's really slippery. Well, he kept, well, she didn't have the right shoes on. He kept trying to make her climb anyway. And if anybody's ever climbed up the waterfall, because I climbed up the waterfall at Duns River Falls, it's really hard. And. You know
1: what I want to hear you brag about your life?
0: Okay, well, I'll. Stop talking about me now. But I'm just trying yes. to get the but I'm just trying to get everybody to understand, like even with the water shoes, you can slip and fall back because you're literally climbing up. It's like you have to have your tour guide with you because it's like you're climbing up a whole waterfall. So you can slip down. So or you can have your tour guide, but they also tell you you can do it by yourself too if you don't want to pay. So that's what he did was he was like, Okay, well, I mean, we're that
1: could be cheap.
0: Well, yeah, but then he kept on telling her she didn't even have the right shoes on. He kept on telling her to climb up the waterfall. Did he
1: give her those shoes?
0: Well, I don't know. He didn't give her the water shoes that she's supposed to get.
1: That's right. So the company gave her wrong shoes. <laughs> and he was not trying to pay <laughs> extra for nobody's guy to walk oh. up nobody's rocks. <laughs> that sounds like so, almost every male in America. So right that didn't there. sound like
0: he was trying to kill her.
1: No. Okay. Well, I've been a at you on that one. I hit that one good. <laughs> she has one of the best nails.
0: So. They get home from this honeymoon, right? And so he actually has to refinance the mortgage on the house because now they're starting to have financial issues as well. Now, this is what happens, because it's about to really go down now. This is the morning of April 21st of nineteen.
1: Did, did you hear yourself say it's about, it's about, to, about go to go down? down. It's you, about to go down. You just jay z Let's do this. Yeah. Now, don't, don't get me all excited with this. It's about to go down. It is. And he goes off and becomes a good, loving husband again. No,
0: it's about to go down. Listen. So, April 21st, 1992, Jesse went to work, and, you know, in his office. He was in there until about 10, 10.30 that morning. He then went to a, a local sporting goods store and he bought like some fishing poles and some other stuff. He went to McDonald's. He got something to eat. He went to the cleaners and then he went home because he had to watch the kids that day because Barbara had to go to the doctor for a sinus infection that she had. Mm. He then went and played golf at the country club. He got the car washed. He stopped at a drugstore. Then in the afternoon, he stopped by his office again. So they actually hired a babysitter because they had a date that night. So they had a date to go to the movies and they left to go to the Northridge Shopping Center that evening. Now, Barbara had told a lot of family and friends that they, as she was dreading going on a date because it was like, you know, the romance was gone on, in the relationship and she was kind of over it. So she was like, she wasn't looking forward to it, but whatever, they have the date scheduled. So she's going to go. So they go to the movies. And then after the movies, they go to Friday's. Remember TGI Fridays? They had some dinner. Some remember,
1: they still have TGI Fridays.
0: I went to one in New York. But where's the ones out here? There's not one out here no more. Not Talk out here. Talk to
1: Fieri. Uh, I've called him twice, and he says they're coming back.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, they need to. because
1: I'm all full crap. I don't know, but I well, think there's why, why are you giving Why are
0: you giving incorrect information on the podcast? You got me excited about going back to TGI Fridays. I
1: think, they went down during COVID? Do you
0: think they did? I don't know. No, because I didn't see them before that. Not out here. I was so excited when we were in New York last year. And we, we sat down at 8 at a TGI Friday's. But that's like the last time that I had it. And I want it again because those appetizers and they got the frozen food but it, of course it's well, not the really same. talk
1: about how lavish your life is off in New York like Sex in the City oh my God. TGI Fridays. We ate Who at
0: cafeteria you? too. That's oh, yeah? where they ate at Sex in the City.
1: Yeah it is though. Yeah I felt and, like, it like that. Like it was bomb. So, it, it felt, looked it like, was It was like, hella good. Yeah? Yeah the that lemon. Like, oh, some, some celebrity shit. It wasn't
0: expensive? It wasn't even as expensive as I would have thought. Really? Yeah. Oh okay. Yes. Sex in the City. Everybody shout out to Sex in the City. Yeah shout out man. So they go to TGI Fridays and, you know, they're having their dinner and everything. And then they leave. And a little past 10 p.m., this man named Daniel Brodigan, Brodigan, who lived, he lived in the apartment complex by TGI Fridays, heard a, a woman screaming and she was saying, oh my God, help me, you know? So he rushes out of the apartment to investigate. You guys don't ever do this. If you hear screaming, mm-hmm. don't ever run to go. Mm-hmm. This is some mm-hmm. scary movie shit. Who runs out of their house to go? Here's some gunshots.
1: Don't go out and ask who that is.
0: <laughs> who the fuck does don't, it?
1: Do, that's a public service yeah. announcement. They say it in the military, and I say it in real life. Don't be a hero.
0: Right, because as I'm investigating this, I'm like, who? I mean, as I'm researching this, who the fuck does this? Like, you're in your apartment complex. Next door to the restaurant, you hear something. You run out of the safety of your home to go see Yeah, it. no,
1: call the cops. Yeah. I've been, a, I was an armed guard for years. And the first thing they tell you to do is call the cops.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he runs over there to find out like, you know, kind of what's going on. And the first thing that he sees is that he sees a white van. And then there's the 1989 Volvo that Jesse and his wife drives, right? And Barbara is on the ground and she's bleeding from stab wounds. And Jesse is on his knees next to her. And Barbara was kind of like underneath the white van, you know so daniel runs into the restaurant
1: she's stabbed but underneath the van
0: yeah she's stabbed and she's like she's dying and she's kind of underneath the van like so picture you know how your parts right Does So she have any the car. marks
1: on her body like well, the van. well, well i'm her. gonna
0: get i'm gonna get that i'm gonna get to that part right now okay so i'm just setting up but it's like this is what daniel is seeing so i'm just reporting what daniel was seeing right now because he just runs over there he just sees the stabs right now and he sees her bleeding and she's kind of under the van so,
1: wow yeah well, front or back tires
0: so, like, I don't... It's like the middle of the van. Like, you So, know, she's in between yeah. the tires. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So, so, Daniel runs into the restaurant. He tries to go get help. And then the manager at the restaurant comes outside and he calls 911. So, there was two people that was in the restaurant that came outside. And one of them happened to, you know, work for a hospital. So, they tried to provide first aid and everything. And at first, they thought that Barbara had been hit by the van because they couldn't really see what had happened. And when they kept asking her, did you get hit? What happened? She couldn't talk, but she shook her head. And so Jesse... She
1: kept pointing to his ass. (laughs) No, she... Like a soap opera.
0: (laughs) So Jesse said that him and his wife had been robbed by two black men. He said that she had been stabbed five times in the head while he had been stabbed in the chest. In
1: the head?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she stabbed in the head. And he said that his arm was numb a little bit, but he's okay. So the EMT, the guy that was there, you know, said, don't ever like, cause the knife was stuck the knife was stuck in him. He had, he had the knife in his chest, but it wasn't, it wasn't all the way in his chest. He pulled the knife out of his chest, you know? So while they were standing there, while they were standing there, because when they got there, he had the knife in his chest and he just said that, you know, he had gotten stabbed by two, two black men, him and his wife had gotten attacked. So when they got there, the knife was in him and he reached and he pulled the knife out. And it was a four-inch knife, but it was a fishing knife. So it was like, you know, one of those knives that, because I'm not a fisher, but it has like a hook at the end.
1: Uh-huh. But So that's
0: the kind of knife that it was.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. And who stabs people in the head? Mm-hmm. This is the second incident where I heard a stabbing in the head. Oh, we did. How, who was it that got stabbed in the head? There was somebody else, huh? It was like a, a woman. Yeah, get stabbed in the head. Like, I
0: think it uh, was Richard Ramirez because you know he was just doing anything to anybody. So I think right? he stabbed somebody in the head or yeah, something. Like, I think... who
1: stabbed people in the
0: head? Like, I don't know.
1: No, know, and also the guy who faked like he was, uh, well, he did get attacked. Mm-hmm. He just didn't tell the story correctly. But who for the the guy was who was the rapper who was for the white oh Cardi. He got yeah. stabbed in the head. Yeah, and that's one of the things I felt like it's so hard to believe. I was like, who stabs people in the head?
0: Yeah. it's more common than you know honestly
1: yeah people stabbing heads
0: now so basically he looked he looked and he told the you know because by now the emt the police everything everybody had gotten here and there was a black wool los angeles clipper hat that was on the ground as well so he pointed to that and he said that that was from the assailants you know make sure that you take the hat too now, when Barbara got rushed to the hospital, they both got rushed to the hospital, but it turned out she had been stabbed 21 times in her face and in the head. And one stab room went through, punctured to her brain. Now, Jesse had been stabbed four times in the upper left chest and the shoulder. So uh, Jesse was okay, but he was, everything was superficial. Barbara ended up having to be put on life support. So when Jesse was questioned by the police, he told the police that him and his wife was attacked while walking to their cars from the restaurant and that two young black men, you know, just kind of started stabbing them without warning. They didn't demand anything, but he thought that they was trying to rob him.
1: Just stabbing?
0: Yeah, they just ran up and just started stabbing them. Now the police- That's a
1: horror movie.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Now the police interviewed Jesse several times And this was his first story. He said that when he heard his wife screaming, you know, from the attack, he turned around to protect her. And that's when he got stabbed. So then he pushed the other guy away. But in the meantime, the clipper's hat fell off his head and then he was stabbed again by the other guy. So then that's when he said he attempted to drag Barbara under the van to get her away from the suspect's. And they took off running to the Best spot that was nearby the restaurant.
1: They didn't stab any other part of her body, just her face. Yeah. They don't want to stab, not your chest, not mm-hmm. your arms, even your legs. They want to stab your face. Yeah. And so he's willing to get your face under the, the car. And once you had that under there, she's safe. Yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, April 22nd, they bring him in again for questioning. And his story changed a little bit, is what they're noticing. He said that as soon as he heard his wife screaming, he turned and he saw her being stabbed by the back of the van. Because remember, at first he said that, you know, he turned around, he saw her, she was standing up. Now he saw her being stabbed by the back of the van. So he said that he went to his wife's aid and he was stabbed by the same person. Meanwhile, Barbara went under the van herself and, you know, to get away from the assailants and, you know, she was still screaming and she was, you know, crawling under the van. So now they notice his story changed because the first time he put her under the van, now he's saying that she crawled under the van herself.
1: And let me tell you something. If someone has a knife on you and your friend or husband is nearby, don't be upset at them if it takes them a little time to respond. You just can't run up on somebody with no weapons and they have a whole knife. Mm -hmm. And they already are are a stabby, stabby type of person. Yeah,
0: I don't know what I would do. They'll get a
1: rock. Let them get a rock. Let them get a stick. Let them get something. Yeah. And get the stuff together to plan an attack. And you got to kind of like survive yourself. Yeah. Until that moment.
0: I'm, you know what? I'm glad you went over that because I'm one of those people that have an ask Like, like I don't have an attitude. Like, why the fuck? Like, were you Didn't just they standing just there?
1: Jump over. Yeah. No, a person <laughs> needs like a, a second to kind of assess. Yeah. How to take down this assailant, and and um, not in this whole sense of just surviving and be efficient because they could just come over there and try and dive on them and like movies down there, they get stabbed and now they have to go back to stabbing you. Yeah. Now, it was all just useless. That's true. So when it's, especially as somebody, and that's just something I just learned, you know, in, in training of just how to handle combatants is don't be upset. If somebody needs a moment to get themselves together mm-hmm. and, or, or, or also get something to attack the assailant
0: yeah no that that's a good lesson because you know and no matter if you're with a significant other friend family member they do need time to assess and that's good like not to get mad at them for that or what if but what if they just don't even help they just get scared themselves and take off running they no keep that mad. is something you
1: could be hella mad about <laughs> hella that's a fucking different <laughs> point
0: that's a but whole ass different it's, it's a whole
1: thing you turn around you see your loved one being attacked yeah and then you have to also process what they're being attacked by and then you have to process yourself like what am i gonna do
0: yeah now if they
1: turn and run oh yeah if you make it through that get in that ass uh-huh. agreed
0: now during this version of the story as well he also said that he when he was stabbed he tried to crawl over into the car because at the time at that time there was a a cell phone that was in his actual car they didn't have cell phones in the 90s but a lot of cars had like car phones if you were kind of wealthy yeah so he said he tried to crawl into the car but he was just too weak and he you know he fell to the ground because he was trying to call for help So then he said he reached into the car. He reached um, his wife and he pulled her a little bit more under the van to protect her. That was another story he told. Okay. Now, on April 23rd, he was questioned again by the police. And he confirmed the second story, but he left out the part where he tried to get into the car to call for help. Now, on April 25th, again, when he was talked to by the police, he changed his story again. And he said that his wife kept screaming while being pulled under the van. He also claimed that the man with the knife fled as soon as he dropped to his knees, but he didn't say nothing about the second man. So nobody knew like what the second man would have been doing during that time. And he also said that after he got stabbed, you know, again, he said he tried to go into his car and get the cell phone and call for help, but he became too weak. And then he just, that time he said he crawled under the van with his wife as well. So there was a lot of discrepancies in his story.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, this is how he described the suspects. The suspects, he said, were in their early 20s, about six foot, one inches tall. And then he said that the one that, you know, was doing the most of the stabbing.
1: They were like twin Negroes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he said, but he said the one that was doing the stabbing was then billed about 170 pounds. He was wearing a dark hoodie, dark pants, black high top tennis shoes. And then he had that L.A. Clippers cap. And it was turned backwards. He said that he thinks that it was representing gang affiliation. So he made sure to I mean, say that as well.
1: He made sure to tell you that the hat was backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he didn't say he was wearing Jordans. Too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, he just. Had all the black stuff.
0: Right. Now, and then he was said. Was
1: it the 90s? Wasn't they white teen back then? Um, yeah. Something like, he like that. He said, like, there was in a white tee, you know, his name was D-Money. Yeah. It's like every black guy.
0: Now he said that the guy that wasn't doing the stabbing had like a medium complexion, hair that was short on the sides and kind of way it was like long at the top and short on the sides. And, you know, he said he was a little bit shorter than the guy that was doing the stabbing. Now, a lot of these stories, you know, stood out to the police because the first thing is he was like, how do you like, most people when they're getting stabbed they said most victims you're not going to have the exact description to the t he said most of the time when you talk to victims they know a little bit about what they look like but this guy had it down to like the tennis shoes that they was wearing and he said most of the time like you know you just don't have that much detail so that was because you're focused on the knife right you're focused on the knife So, that was one thing, you know. And so, the other thing was, you know, they started looking at... So, Barbara was stabbed 21 times. And as I said, she was on life support and everything. His stabs was very superficial, you know. And even the one where he pulled it out of his chest, that was so superficial. Like, he would have never died from any of the wounds that he got. So, now, at this point, you know... he
1: pulled it out of his chest. I mean, how do you put it in someone's chest and be superficial? That's it.
0: mm -hmm. Hmm. Now... Nobody else saw anything, so they're questioning people. The only people that you know saw anything was Daniel, the you know the original guy, Daniel brought again, and the people at the restaurant. But nobody actually, physically saw what anything. Is the
1: black killer, like Sex Watch, no one ever sees the black killer. Yeah, <laughs> he always just comes and gets you at the least expected moment. Yeah, and some other friend. There's always multiple black guys, like they roll them around in a pack oh, in but... the shadows and night, yeah. and no one sees them. They're like Batman. <laughs> they attack you and then they disappear into smoke.
0: I don't know why but that no is.
1: one ever knows. No <laughs> one saw. No one saw. No one no one no one's heard of them. Nobody <laughs> The mysterious black guy.
0: <laughs> now, they actually ended up searching Barbara and Jesse's house and they found the letters. That's where
1: Batman came from. That's why he's dressed in all black. It just hit me like a lightning bolt
0: Is that why?
1: He's black man. He's not Batman. He's black man. Oh. Like the most mysterious, scariest oh. thing out there. I
0: don't even think about that. And
1: get, get you in the shadows. Yeah. It's Like, who are you? I'm black man. Like, uh- think about how scary <laughs> that fucking is. Like a black man getting you in the middle of the night while you're doing cocaine? Come on now.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> you're crazy. He's
1: dressed in all black. It's scary as shit. <laughs> <laughs> has uh- black six pack. He has all six packs of abs and rocking body. Oh, and yeah. In black, though. And thick thighs, because Michael Keaton didn't have that body. It was, uh, yeah. He had black man. Yeah. <laughs> and it was terrifying.
0: It was terrifying. Oh, my God. Now, when they searched Jesse and Barbara's house, you know what they found? They found those letters. Remember I told you that she would always write him letters? Mm-hmm. But she never, like, gave it to him. It was kind of, like, more like to internalize it. So he was questioned about the letters because he kept saying that there was no problems in his marriage. Everything was just fine, you know? So that was another red flag as well
1: uh who's gonna say there was who's gonna know about things like those letters that's that's a hard call
0: well no i guess what they're saying is no he didn't know about the letters because she never gave it to him but what he's saying is what because there was a lot of things that she put in the letters about stuff that he did to her and stuff like that so he was like so your wife because he was trying to say that they were completely happy but his wife wasn't completely happy
1: but he doesn't know that because she's internalized. yeah well when you think of homer simpson he doesn't know that Marge is not happy with a lot of the stuff. Uh-huh. Not saying that that's smart. Uh-huh. Not saying that, you know, he's putting it in. But it's on the the depth of which is even basis of psychology. Uh-huh. Of studying that in which it is, hey, a closed mouth don't get fed is what they say in the most urban and simplest of that facet. But it is in the same facet of if you don't voice there is a problem that there's something going on. I cannot count that person for knowing that you had a problem with this.
0: Uh
1: Uh You know, that's one of the reasons why even when you get spam, Texas, they even send in their spam like text stop. Because if you don't say stop or no or don't, that's the same thing with a rape case. Did you? At what point did you guys both agree that they said these words? If she never said that, uh-huh. that's not plausible for you to then say. Okay, he should have known. How would he know? Uh-huh. We can't go into this mind reading section of people. So when uh-huh. you are internalizing, uh-huh. when you are a person that is is too so introvert that you're not saying, and that's one of the reasons why. It's crazy, but like, and I, I, I say that all the time in my family, mm-hmm. only because I'm telling them to voice out the things that you, if you feel like it's so bad that you don't want to take that ale mm-hmm. and you're willing to take the sacrifices of when you voice out about it, then definitely voice out about it because it is not going to be known to whoever it is, whether it be your coach, whether it be your teacher, mm-hmm. whether it be a bus driver. They're not going to know that at that, that moment they said something, did something that offended you, if you are not saying something to them. They're not supposed to read your, their, right. your mind. Right. They're looking at hundreds of people a day, and I mean, with this, with this, this is a relationship and all that. So it's it brings it very focused, mm-hmm. but it's still in the same sense of they still can't read your mind. Mm-hmm. So if you don't voice it out they do not know. Yeah. So if you if you show me that she had a box full of letters, mm-hmm. I'm really going to be like I don't know what that's about. Yeah. And she's going to verify that I don't know what it's about either. Mm-hmm. Because we went to dinner that night and this and and I, I said all people always make themselves the hero in the story. And I'm going to let this this go and I'm let you go ahead. But they always make themselves the hero in the story is it's just perception of how you looked at it. Mhm. You know. This is how it happened, and I felt victimized. And he's like, "This is how it happened," and I felt like she wasn't interacting. Yeah, you know, and I just was asking her extra questions, not that, not even in an attacking way, you know. And so people's perspective of how they look at it is very skewed and very are uh, very attuned to what they are doing with their interaction with the the person to mm-hmm. themselves because mm-hmm. they don't think of themselves as a horrible person. Yeah. So if you, if we go through the night and you don't say nothing, I ask you, do you want blue, ice? do you want uh, uh, chocolate and ice cream? And you're like, N- whatever, I'll take whatever. I'll be like, do you want chocolate and ice cream? I'm just, I'm over here now and I'm just going to get some chocolate and ice cream if you don't want nothing else because I want it. Like, yeah. just get the chocolate and ice cream. Like, fine. And then you go write in your book, like, he forced me to eat ice cream that he knows I hate. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that's oh, not what ass. happens. I, ha- I hate
0: when that happens. Like, that has that's happened before. Right. Or when you ask somebody what they want to eat, and they're like, I don't care. Like, no, tell me, like, really what you want to eat. Because when I come in here with something you don't like, you're going to be bad.
1: Right. Just, like. And But you said you didn't care. And yeah. you don't write that down. Yeah. In the notes of what actually happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You write down that you, that he came back and he had this food that he knows I hate. Yeah. But he likes it. So he forced me to eat what he likes. This is like, how would he know that you wasn't trying to eat that if you ain't saying it?
0: Yeah. Right. Why are people like that? I don't know.
1: It's Like yeah. I said, it's making yourself the hero in the story. Is, or, or the victim. The crazy thing is, victim and heroes almost is the same mm-hmm. with people because it just seems like they were not at the wrong. Yeah. And I have a friend that does it all the time. If you ever talk to him about a girlfriend and all that stuff, he's always the victim. No matter what they did, no matter what he said, no matter whatever happened, they're always crazy females doing crazy stuff to him, like Tyler Perry. Oh,
0: yeah. You know, like,
1: he's just the victim, and these chicks are just crazy.
0: Yeah, you was telling me about him. Yeah, and I'm
1: like, "Mm, at some point in time, there's a common denominator.
0: Yeah. Now, on April 23rd, Barbara was actually removed from life support, and it was at Jesse's request. Now he was up walking around. He was feeling a lot better, you know, and so the police actually started investigating everyone who knew Barbara instead of just focusing on just black men, you know. And this was, and I'll get into it, but there was a lot of like racial stuff going on in Wisconsin at the time. But the crime I mean, at all the time. Mm-hmm. Now the Crime Stoppers offered two thousand dollars for information leading to the arrest. Now, April 24th and 25th, the Anderson's car and, you know, the car was searched after the house was searched as well. And they found, you know, basically they found letters and stuff written by Barbara. And on April 25th, Jesse left the hospital in an unmarked squad car, which brought him to the police station. And the police chief announced on the news, uh, you know, um, at a conference that Jesse had been under arrested under the suspicion of killing his wife. Now, I want to get into everything that was going on at Milwaukee at the time.
1: I mean, because I don't even understand how they came up with the suspicions.
0: Yeah. Well, the first thing is, and this is crazy, because it ties into the whole Dahmer thing, honestly. So, remember a year before this in 1991 Dahmer was getting away with killing you know black men and killing boys and everything like that and the police at this point everybody was you know saying the police were idiots they took a big hit for this one and they were still under a lot of fire for this one because they was like you know here's Dahmer a white man killing you know low income black men and nobody cared about it and I won't get too much into Dahmer if you guys want to hear about the Dahmer case we did do Dahmer I forgot what episode it's always
1: a mysterious black man they just let it disappear (laughs) in smoke yeah He's mysterious and he's gone
0: well and that was and this was the whole thing with the whole Dahmer thing was you know especially the one you know with the little Asian boy you know the police was right there and his life could have been saved but you know they didn't believe the neighbors they didn't believe anybody they let him go back into Dahmer's house so this tied into the police because the police was like we're going to solve this case you know we're not just going to say we're not just going to there's a lot of holes in his story so we're not just going to say you know two black men did it and just leave it at that had Dahmer not did everything he did he may have gotten away with this story because it's this is the thing he was playing on the racism that was going on in Wisconsin at the time, which is why he said two black men did it because he knew the police would just kind of tie it up and be like, okay, two black men
1: and their gang members.
0: Yeah. So that's what would have happened. However,
1: basketball team, gang member.
0: And that's what would have happened. However, because of what Dahmer did and because the police station was so like under fire, they couldn't just do that. You know, they had to really investigate and they said, we're not going to let another white man get away with killing somebody and getting away with it. So they really investigated this, and they investigated the holes in the story. They, you know, investigated everything. So I'm gonna get into, you know, everything that happened.
1: I could tell that the police force paid you extra before you came here. <laughs> you are promoting the hell out of this. Well, I mean, like well, it was crazy because I, did.
0: well, because I always hear talk about stupidest part of the crime, and for me, the stupidest part of the crime was it was just crazy. He would have gotten away with this had Dahmer not played in everybody's faces a year. Before, uh, before, so the stupidest fire.
1: part of the crime is the police were sort of doing their job.
0: Yes, <laughs> they started doing their job. And if he would have just did this like a year before, before Dahmer got caught up, he might have gotten away, he with, it. Got away with it. Definitely away. That's wild. So Dahmer
1: was getting away with
0: it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the main thing that they looked at like I said the inconsistencies in his story the letters and they also looked at the fact that there was not enough wounds on his body compared to why was Barbara stabbed 21 times you were only stabbed four times none of his his wounds was life-threatening everything was superficial they uh they also asked you know during the interview they said well how could you know she have been stabbed so many times between hearing her scream because he said he turned right around he heard her screaming and running to her aid also the assailants made no demands barbara had all her jewelry still on her her purse was still intact so they didn't take anything he also had a hundred dollars in his wallet that wasn't there so they was like that's not making sense so somebody ran up to you guys just to stab you guys they didn't steal anything they didn't do anything it
1: just still fit
0: right then also people started saying they would visit him in the hospital and he didn't seem upset or depressed which you can't you know judge because a lot of people like you know they take their depression you know differently some people cry some people don't but what they were saying was you know after Barbara got taken off life support he was more worried about the fact that he had a golf trip coming up and he needed somebody to watch the kids because Barbara wasn't going to be there that's the other stupid. Oh, that's f- damn, yeah, damn. that's that's really that, that's the other stupidest part of the crime. Like honestly, I would have left that out. I wouldn't have said shit about no damn golf, nothing. Like because that's what because everybody kept going to the police and saying that. Like he said there was a golf trip coming up, and now that she's off life support and she's dead, he don't got nobody to watch the kids. So that was the one thing.
1: Mm.
0: And also on April twenty second, there was also an anonymous tip that came in. And an 18 year old, Tommy Miles came forward. And this is what he said. So Tommy Miles and his girlfriend, they were filling out job applications at the Northridge Mall during the morning time. And he said that, and you know, Tommy, he was also a graduate from Shorewood High School. So he was trying to get a job because he was about to be going to college pretty soon. Now, Miles, he was a really good kid. And, you know, despite the racial tensions that was going on, he came from a middle-class family and his family made sure that, you know, he stayed sheltered and, you know, he did got his education and he remained a good kid. So he said he was at the mall filling out job applications and a white man approached him and said, Hey, are you guys looking for a job? And he said, yeah, I'm looking for a job. And he said, well, I'm looking for a job too. And he said, one of the employers, you know, sent me as a test to go buy something, just anything random from somebody. So he said, he said, you know, he asked to buy his hat because Tommy Miles was buying, was wearing the L.A. Clippers hat, the one that was found oh, at the club. Wow. And he said, hey, can I buy? Yeah, he was like, hey, can I buy this hat from you for $20? And Tommy was thinking of himself. He was like, heck yeah, he said, because he had actually bought the hat for $14. So he sold it to him. And he was like, he was so excited. Him and his girlfriend actually went to Taco Bell in the mall and got them something to eat. You remember that was the '90s, so they probably got a lot of shit for twenty dollars.
1: Oh man, at Taco, yeah. Bell? At Taco Bell, And Taco Bell too. That's they had the good prices. Yeah, Taco Bell, Bell had that prices like they used to. you used to be able to clean up. Like yeah, the, like that that uh that ninety nine dollar Taco Tuesdays. That was. Oh, uh, I 99. forgot about that. That was already that was there uh remember their their soft tacos and their regular tacos didn't even make it to ninety nine cents oh like at a certain point in time this needs oh. to be like eighty nine cents oh like, think about bro I'm trying to that tell was you. right up there yeah, with twenty nine yeah. cent
0: McDonald's cheeseburgers nah, or some I've never shit. seen
1: never that had. no I will say that they had a promotion mm-hmm. it was something like. If you got their, their monopoly coupon or something like that, mm-hmm. you could buy their cheeseburgers for like fifty nine cents. Yeah, and I mean, God, I watched my cousin lose his mind.
0: Damn, like
1: he bought like they had a limit, and he we found that's when I found out about places having a limit. He bought like twenty cheeseburgers.
0: Damn,
1: like for himself, that nigga didn't even share. It that's was wild. Real. But I mean, he went in. I mean, he spent like seven dollars. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> See, yeah. So of
0: course Tommy was so happy if somebody randomly walks with you, hey, let me buy that hat for twenty dollars. So now that's you
1: a... say stupid part of the crime. I say genius part of the crime. I try to buy that. is you come up to a guy and tell him you work for the company and take their hat to plant it at a crime scene.
0: Uh, genius. What well, it would have been genius, but walk we'll into why it wasn't. <laughs> yes, you're gonna laugh about it, but
1: it's so random at... that he even would yeah. tell him about that. Did he even know about that?
0: well that well so basically what happened was all this was on the news and tommy happened to be looking at the news and he said he recognized that la clipper hat because he had kind of dropped it in some oil and it had an oil stain on it it was like a little tiny oil stain but that so that's what made him come forward because you know remember they were offering the two thousand dollars so he came forward but
1: oil stain mm-hmm. yeah the stuff that catch people up sometimes
0: yeah and so he was like well that uh tommy had, so he said he recognized that as his hat and so he was like that and then he picked jesse out and he said that was the guy that you know bought the hat from me and also another man named dennis Lieberg, he was at the mall with his wife and he also said that a white man fit in the description of jesse anderson was approaching he had approached a couple of black men before this even had before he got to tommy asking to buy their hat and he was saying either 25 35 dollars a lot of them was like man get the fuck away from me like they you know what i mean so tommy sold it but he had tried to ask a lot he of black wanted men the DNA. that's what i was gonna say he wanted the dna from the
1: hat so i yeah. don't see how you say that stupid that's genius i mean it, that's genius
0: it would have been it would have been genius except for i'm gonna get to had my he mind. got
1: a black man had the black man's not been rude
0: yeah well he got tommy so i mean that was smart Tommy
1: was a white guy
0: no tommy was black Tommy. Was, oh so
1: he did yeah so tommy he did was, get a black yeah, guy tommy was a little well, black. i guy. mean god yeah. that's not i mean only because tommy recognized who saw that yeah coming?
0: tommy was a who little
1: saw a black guy watching the news yeah he who was only asking black ever guy. coming
0: <laughs> oh my gosh so now another witness came forward, and he was the owner of the military surplus store. And he said that, you know, his clerk sold the knife that was involved in the stabbing. So remember that fishing knife? Mm. He said that, you know, Jesse Anderson had came in there and bought that exact knife. And that's the reason why Jesse pulled it out of his chest, because he wanted his, his finger. He wanted a reason for the fingerprints to be on mm. it, you know. And so, you know, they called in, uh, the FBI called in and they found out that fishing knife was only available at one store and it was confirmed by the distributor and it was the store that Jesse had went to. So he bought that knife from there.
1: Sometimes getting that sexy, cool knife doesn't pay off, man. Mm
0: -mm. They also recovered a copy of the receipt. The knife cost $18 and 95 cents. And they found out that Anderson's had also a $250,000 life insurance policy and he stated that, you know, he knew about the life insurance policy, but he didn't know about the amount. Now, the police actually took Jesse to Barbara's funeral in handcuffs, hoping that he would break down and confess, you know, but he didn't at all. You know, they, and the police noticed that he tried to be emotional, but he didn't shed one tear at all. And so on April 28th, he was charged with first degree homicide and he had gotten a $500,000 bail. He was also ordered to surrender his passport as well. On May 18th, Jesse pleaded not guilty at the arraignment. Now, his attorney, Dennis Coffey, filed a motion to dismiss as well, but the motion was denied. And there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of stuff that was going on in Milwaukee at the time. So the attorney tried to request a change of venue because this had been all on the news and they felt like, how are you going to get an impartial jury? You know, so that motion was denied as well. And the jury selection started the same day on August 3rd. So on August 13th, he was found guilty after nine hours of deliberation and he got a mandatory life sentence and he w- he wouldn't get parole until 2052, which at that time it was 1992. So you might as well just say he had life with no parole because 1992, I can't even see 2052 at 1992. And he was already Maybe in his like count. 40s. Well, he, <laughs> shut up. Anyways, he was already in his 40s <laughs> at the time. I think mean, he was in his 40s. So yeah, he would just definitely be dead. Now, after the sentencing, the judge said that, you know, he basically was a horrible person and that he played on the racism that was going on in Milwaukee to try to get away with killing his wife. And Jesse said that, you know, it was unfair. There was a whole bunch of publicity on the case and that he would never stop trying to catch the black men that did this. Now, the reason that I said that, you know, yeah, it was smart about the whole happening, but then...
1: This is why Giannis got signed to the books. <laughs>
0: Now what I was saying about the hat thing, going back to the hat thing, yeah, it was smart. And I would say, but you know what he did? So after he bought the hat, he took the freaking hat home before before he actually, you know, before all this stuff happened, he planted it at the crime scene because
1: and he rubbed it on his genitalia. yeah.
0: No, so part of what fried him was the fact that the fact that they found some hairs on the hat. So, there was hair that was matching Tommy Miles, of course, because that was Tommy Miles' hat. But there was also hair that matched the Anderson's fucking dog. There was dog hair on the fucking hat.
1: You can't, what are you calling that stupid for? You can't account, you have a dog. Well, you are one of the most non understanding of animals calling yourself an animal activist. No, I'm not I've talking about met. that.
0: I'm talking about, if you, okay, you bought a hat. You're gonna use it at the crime scene. You're gonna say that this assailant dropped the hat, right? Why the fuck would you take it home where there's a fucking dog at the house? Obviously that's gonna trace back to you. He should have just kept the fucking hat. and uh, he then didn't think it.
1: of it in that level of he needed the what he should have did is, is he should have picked he should have took it off that man's head with gloves on and put it directly in a Ziploc bag. But how does that not look suspicious?
0: That's what I'm saying. That looks hella suspicious. So, So I don't know. In
1: the facet of you taking it home and probably sitting it on the counter, that's all it takes. And still thinking that it's safe, even probably on top of the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And the dog, cat hair gets all over everywhere. Yeah, they like, do. You, uh, but that's what I'm saying. Are that's less why you don't. Well,
0: you can't do that though. But like, you because...
1: can't just put in a ziploc bag in front of them.
0: Well, I'm. Just... So it's like what do you do. You, you gotta
1: act like it's. You gotta put it in your shirt. Put it somewhere, put well, it in a box. What do you do? Just well, hand it...
0: Well, he was at the mall, so, I mean, honestly... <laughs> so, do you have up? a he giant
1: took... box that you give to him and be like, just put it directly in the Well, box he didn't sign. have to put
0: it in the Ziploc bag coming from the mall. He just shouldn't have took it home, because that's where the dog hair got on it. He should have, like, left it in the trunk of his car until it was time for it to go down. Like, what are you taking at home for? They would
1: have did the carpet fiber from his car... There's something like that. Well, yeah, because something. I
0: mean, because yeah, because nothing. If he ever
1: them. had his dog in his car, you don't yeah. understand how far a dog fur goes.
0: But not in a trunk though. Like I
1: Yeah, have, my dog has trunk. never
0: gotten in a trunk.
1: You don't see yeah. it, and he didn't see it. Mm-mm. He didn't see dog. You 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 thinking he picked it up. And that thing looked like a shaggy dog ah! mane, fur like a, like, yeah. a, like a sheep, like a sheep pepper coming in, and couldn't even see his mustache. Ah! Ah! You no, know, bro, it wasn't covered in fur. And hey, was. He picked it up, and it looked like a normal hat. That's all I'm telling you. You don't understand how many places your animal puts fur.
0: I mean, but that was the nail in his coffin. If you pocket ever have house. a
1: dog in your car, there's dog fur in your car. I mean, there is right dog now.
0: fur in my car,
1: probably right because now. I,
0: I do have him in the car sometimes. But at the same time, though, if I'm trying to kill somebody, like so, I'm even not if you put it in to... your
1: car, right now there's dog fur in there. So there's potential that dog fur could land on this person's head.
0: So you think that there's no possible way to avoid because that was the nail. That some was...
1: of the stuff is some of the stuff because of the, unless you take all the precautionary steps, it is unavoidable. I my I, my girl works for a medical facility. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And they do they do multiple bath washes, yeah. air washes, putting on gloves, some of them can't even put on their own gloves, and then a hydration after that and a wash because of how much stuff in between can just happen yeah. of contamination. Yeah.
0: So, okay, so then we're not saying that... You're not saying that's the stupidest part because I was actually ingenious, but I was just thinking, like, I don't know. It should have been handled better. I don't know. He said, he if thought, he,
1: the only way, if he uh-huh. was going to guarantee that there was nobody else's interaction on that hat is if at the moment in contact, he was completely covered yeah, And I mean like a cu- his own hair too yeah. He had to cover his own hair Because yeah. his own hair can fly off Yeah, his own That's hair one of the reasons go, yeah. why people wear fi- The nets at, at food places Yeah, They're not just sweaty ass, hairy ass People that are just falling over your stuff Hair follicles fall out yeah. So he had to have something covering his own hair In this preparational outfit mm. And then take it, covered it with his hands And place that directly
0: yeah.
1: In like a closed environment And seal it
0: And that's yeah. That's
1: that's the most suspicious looking thing. Somebody walking up in a rubber suit with a hair in there and let me get your hat.
0: Uh, (laughs) Oh my god. For twenty dollars.
1: Yeah. Like you'd be like holy hell no. I'm not about to what the (laughs) hell are you about (laughs) to do?
0: There's no way gosh, damn there was no way around that. That's crazy.
1: Like I said, it was the most genius of what he could do. Yeah,
0: and the, and the other thing that was the most genius was remember when he did all the descriptions that they were six one and stuff like that. Well, that described Tommy Miles, the guy he bought the hat from, because he had like the long hair at the top, no, shades on the side. So, well, I'm just saying. So Tommy Miles was like basically what I'd he was have been trying to do. Have
1: been that
0: yeah, yeah, you would have been. That would have been you too. Yes, yeah. So, so
1: but my son wouldn't man. have
0: been. My son has dreads, so he would have been saved from this whole. Only because
1: of his hairstyle,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> your son so. would have
0: been saved too, <laughs> not your, your oldest son, yes. Oh, yeah, he would have been saved. So, get dressed, everybody. Once,
1: no, don't. Because they do name dreadheads for doing a <laughs> lot of stuff.
0: Oh, And God. you
1: will be pulled into that lineup. Mm-mm. Just again, when it was another incident, and I've seen it happen when it was famous for black guys having cornrows. It was a black guy with cornrows. Yeah. Every black guy with cornrows between 5'11 and 6'3", which is like the entire population.
0: Uh-uh. Well,
1: gets pulled in to,
0: well I guess was point, my daughter actually shaves his head so he's completely bald so he's good like
1: because of his hairstyle cause, yeah cause you
0: don't ever hear them you, say you a bald man did anything they so do
1: never... that was Rosewood oh, I forgot
0: about that yeah what the fuck's that a... was
1: a bald like, when it's in style
0: so are you saying that you never like so you're saying you're never safe as a black man
1: if the, once they <laughs> start naming it off in those in general last <laughs> areas that's like saying it was an Asian guy under six foot tall, dark hair, um, seems like he all uh, he wear um, dark shoes, like, bro, and drove a foreign car. That's every fucking Asian.
0: Yeah, so everybody
1: getting pulled over.
0: <laughs> every do you fucking know an life. Asian
1: over six foot tall? Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know right now. I See can't what I'm saying? I, I,
1: Off I, the top I, of your head, you don't know. So now. that means a majority. Except those exceptionaries yeah. who don't have dark hair. If you just happen to have blonde hair, which is not common in your race yeah. then you are not the suspect today.
0: <laughs> oh my god. That's
1: why I'm like, you name it so in general and people feel like that's so specific.
0: No. Yeah. And I'm like, is that? yeah and so maybe he wasn't if
1: i said a white man between six foot and six foot three between 180 to 170 pounds blonde hair brown brown eyes a brown hair let's go there brown hair brown eyes uh had a little bit of stubble that's tom cruise
0: <laughs> oh shit like that's crazy So then maybe when he was, maybe subconsciously when he was describing them, he wasn't trying to subscribe Tommy because Tommy thought he was trying to like set him up because he bought the hat from him. He wasn't.
1: He was just just naming a black man. A black
0: man. Oh, and you know what? That was the naughty. So that, because that's kind of like they call it the Bart Simpson dude. So that's what was in style, I think, back then. Yeah. So he was describing, yeah, because all black men would have Every that.
1: black man. So, yeah,
0: because I remember that Bart Simpson dude used to be in style, like in the 90s. Yes. So he described any black man. That's what he was describing. That's one of the things. As, as a black
1: man who I've been pulled over for several things, I'd be like, come on now. Like, bro, I work at Amazon. Or, or I work at, at the time, even if I, well, I was in. Like school, some sort of school, maybe middle school or high school. Yeah. Around that time, but well, I've had to describe that. One guy told me how I look like a pimp, and I was like, I don't even see it. Like I'm literally a junior in high school. How do I look like I'm a pimp?
0: Damn! What the? That's why. He
1: was like, you see how you look, and uh, you know your car, and all it looks. You, know, you you know you have that look. He tried to he tried to being a nice cop though. He was a he was not a jerk. The coldest part. Is he was trying to explain to me why he was pulling me over? Like, bro, you do look like it. That's We're taught up. that you you guys, when you're, you know, with the car, and because I had a mom that was middle class, was working her ass up and having to give it to me for a birthday gift. That's fucked up. So I'm like, so he's like, you know, you you fit the description. Come on, man. He was like saying to me, like, you come on, you know, you fit the description. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's trying to make, you, make it make sense to
1: you. Like, yeah. damn. I'm coming home from church and driving his car and, and looking like that. He's like, come on. Hey, now you know you didn't come from no and church. And you got a woman in your car. I, yeah, you know what you doing. You know how you look <laughs> like you're doing. Uh, you may not be, and you're a good guy. And he was like, you're a good guy. But you know, yeah, it just, you know, it looks like that. You, you, you can understand. In my mom, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> But of course, you know, he had the spirit. So I'm like, yes, sir. Of course. Yeah, I'm, of course. I must be a bad guy.
0: <laughs> now, the other thing I wanted to um say as well. So remember when he tried to say that he was opening up the door to, op- to get the cell phone out? So basically, it came out that he was opening up the door. That's when he got the hat to throw it at the crime scene. Nice. <laughs> so, so he sentenced, you know. He was good. I mean, yeah, and like I said... He was good. Uh, yeah, like I said, the only thing that got him caught, the dog hair, I mean, the discrepancies in the story, if John, Dahmer wouldn't have did everything he did, I think they would have overlooked those discrepancies.
1: discrepancies. Yeah. Like, yeah, you think they... The coldest part is you think the police officer would have overlooked him not even being... Completely yeah, truthful with his story.
0: Yeah, because look at what happened with Dahmer when that little Asian boy was there, and they, he clearly about? wasn't nineteen. He clearly was an underage boy. He clearly wasn't his boyfriend, and Dahmer was like, "That's my boyfriend." And the police was like, "Well, just keep track of him." And he, you know, he went ahead and killed him. Like, but the police was right there, didn't believe the neighbors, didn't believe anybody. So I feel like Jesse Anderson would have gotten away with this shit if if they wasn't under such right. pressure. After what, now
1: you see, what I'd be like, yeah. it's, it's hard to say. Stupidest part of the crime. Especially if you're in something like, well, you because you bring up crimes in different time zones. Yeah. And if you're talking about 1950s and somebody's like in Billy the Kid times, if you actually listen to Billy the Kid crimes, it'd be the stupidest things you ever heard. Yeah. But at the time, they didn't have fingerprints and all that stuff, so it was just like, he was a genius. Yeah. So I am i can't name the stupidest part of the crime or gross the timelines. Yeah. But this guy was well thought out. Oh, he yeah, had thought then. He haphazardly came born the time when a police force was, not playing that they were like we're just gonna investigate further
0: which is it's crazy because well he's gonna cross paths with dahmer this is crazy because it has so many you know connections to dahmer so we're gonna get into his prison life so jesse anderson is off to prison and so while he's in prison he gets a job uh, teaching inmates about computers in 1993 a court ruling terminated his rights also to control his assets as well So, on April 21st, 1994, Jesse had to spend five days in solitary confinement and do another 180 days without recreation for defacing another person's portrait of Martin Luther King Jr. So, he went to frame another inmate that he didn't like for it, but they found the marker in his cell. So, that's why he ended up getting, you know, the consequences. Uh, He's always trying to frame somebody.
1: (laughs) uh, uh, So... Uh, it's, he's a he's a weird guy, a weird circumstance. Yeah, I honestly think he probably got told by some clan members in the jail to prove that he was down to deface it, mm-hmm. and he just didn't know how to get rid of the evidence. Yeah, like
0: I mean, that almost he's one that's... of
1: these weird. these one of the weirdest cases where I'm just like, I almost empathize with this criminal. Damn. Cause of so many times, if he's like doing okay, and he's I actually doing good, doing good and doing great, and then like how shit kind of turns, mm-hmm. and he has an extremely bad response to it, of mm-hmm. fucking course. Mm-hmm. But it's just like what uh, some of the things that how it turns came to him out of his own hands. Yeah, like. The brother investigating. Like,
0: yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, like the the craziest shit happens to, him. Right? or like, like the dog hair getting on his hat, like you know, know shit like that. Like,
1: right. You know, like God, you thought that crime out really well. I'm not. I'm not rooting for your crime at all. But I'm saying is, damn, you thought that out, and yeah. damn, that was a flu.
0: And it's just that one little thing. Or
1: you could be a CIA worker right now, but yeah. Your ex-wife was acting like a batch of cookies
0: or even like the timing of this whole thing like Dahmer got caught up doing all this shit which is why the light got put on your case for the police to right. solve they, it some was
1: being so yeah on the, on the laws of
0: that yeah point. but had you did it before Dahmer did his shit you would have been a free man
1: all the stuff you said would have worked out you know yeah like, dang yeah it's uh, called
0: ironic like, the, I like that Alanis that Morissette is, that, song that
1: is an Alanis Morissette song
0: yeah <laughs> what isn't
1: it ironic <laughs> Don't you think? (laughs) (laughs)
0: now we're going to get into November 28th 1994 now I'm not going to get into uh, Jeffrey Dahmer because we already did a case on Jeffrey Dahmer and we already got into Christopher Scarver so if you guys want to know more about them make sure you listen to both of our cases we did a two parter on Jeffrey Dahmer and then we did Christopher Scarver right after that but I'm just going to say that these three men they're in the same prison they end up at the same place doing work details so right now we have Christopher Scarver we have Jeffrey Dahmer we have Jesse Anderson
1: yeah you did a a nice little round up on this yeah uh, murder
0: uh-huh see how the case is playing to each other i love this
1: murder plays into murder yeah. It's a spider
0: web <laughs> yeah
1: of just murder yeah you love it too much you i see the joy it brings to you and then you have the i have family, the kool-aid smile it. right over murder <laughs> maybe you think i'm the killer
0: <laughs> you're the one with the cutlery i'll never let you forget that you have cutlery you don't even uh, have I, I,
1: yes i have cutlery because i believe in cooking good food <laughs> <laughs> So oh, yes, I do, and I'm not going <laughs> to deny that ever. <laughs> quality cutlery believes in quality food. The basis of food is where you take it from. I I've like been that. sponsored now by uh, Biersell so Cul- yes, company.
0: Yes. please cutlery sponsor this show.
1: The- but no, for real. I'm not doing it for any sense of murder.
0: Well, so basically they're all together um and like I have said in I think the Christopher Scarber episode Somebody pokes Christopher Scarver. He don't know if it's Dahmer. He don't know if it's Anderson, but he looks back and they do the kind of like laughing thing where he doesn't know like who did what. So they all split up to do their own separate work details. And Christopher Scarver murders Dahmer first. You know, I won't get into that because I got into it in the other episode. And I think everybody kind of knows what happened with that. But then after that, he comes right over to Jesse Anderson and he bashes his head in repeatedly with a dumbbell as well. Now Jeffrey Dahmer, he's dead within a few hours. Jesse Anderson, this is the ironic part about it: is he goes to the hospital and he's put on life support and he dies two days later. Isn't that funny? His wife was put on life support and then he had to put put on life support.
1: That's not yeah. funny. Not
0: funny, but like ironic, funny, not like ha 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 funny, you know. So see how this all kind of ties, and this whole case is like a web of ties back into each other. I mean,
1: other. he doesn't know he was put on life support. Do it when you get your head bashed in by a. Weight, yeah, he got a mass of metal. Mm-hmm. You don't know you own on life support for two days.
0: Well, no, he was unconscious in yeah, a coma. Was, yeah, was, and yeah. i and I won't get too much into Christopher Scharber, but you know, basically, he did this because he was disgusted by Jeffrey Dahmer's crimes, and he was also disgusted by the fact that Jesse Anderson framed two black men for his crimes. So you know Jesse
1: Anderson, and like I said, he was more than likely mm-hmm. in the white gang. Mm-hmm. You know, or being getting close to being an initiate mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. an area nation type of stuff. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I think you kind of gloss over with Jeffrey Dahmer too is because he was killing on black men. The white people loved him. The white guys in the penitentiary in the loved him. It was like, yeah, keep eating black booty. <laughs> them all.
0: What is wrong oh, with the
1: <laughs> So he was probably, he got probably like an overlord rank. You know? It's funny that you know you guys overlord eat black ass. But <laughs> he probably got like highly ranked in the Ku Klux Klan nation
0: Mm-mm. for
1: eating all that ass. Ah! That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, just to finish up this story, um, Barbara Allen had a brother named Kevin Lynch, and he actually opened up a nonprofit for women who are victims of domestic violence, and he did that in Barbara Barbara's name. So, yeah, that's the case of Jesse Anderson. What did you think about that case?
1: Like it's one of the ones that I felt that I had the most compromise towards his interactions. Yeah. None of, of it actually sound like it was really out of malice.
0: Yeah, even the murder of his wife.
1: He's crazy. He's, he's off. Yeah. Uh, there could be better ways of handling a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that I'm using it like better ways of handling. Yeah. From a murder.
0: Well, there is like, I mean, he could have. He should have just went to counseling with her, right? <laughs> Remember, he was like, I'm not going to counseling. Maybe he should have. <laughs> you know.
1: Like so I. I, 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 I I would like to hear more of what he has to say in it all, Yeah, just to understand his perspective on why and why not counseling, because I don't want to use a counseling as a falter point Mm -hmm. of saying that he was not there psychologically. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you have a lot of people that it is in minority races that do refuse counseling. Yeah. And it's not because they're killers.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, a lot of people don't. You know, and everybody there's no there's nothing wrong with going to counseling therapy. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just bettering yourself, and it's all confidential.
1: It's so, crazy. It was a white person thing. Yeah, it really. I grew up, and that's I think that's why so many people are against it. Mm-hmm. And trust me, guys, I'm not being paid for this. I wish I was. I mean, if you guys want to sponsor me, hell, I'll I'll jump on some counseling if you give me some free time. Mm-hmm. But counseling never hurts. Therapy never hurts. Yeah. To have a third party unbiasedly, and it needs to be unbiased, Mm -hmm. um, look into what's going on and give you a better assessment of what you should do. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and being somebody who's being trained in that. Mm -hmm. It's just a helping tool mentally. Yeah. I mean, America itself mentally is stressed, strained, hurt, and depressed. We are all depressed. Mm-hmm. We are all yeah. hurting and sad a little bit. Mm-hmm. All of us. So it's it's better to get an understanding of where it may be coming from. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, and who you are. If you're going to say that you have no problems, that is the biggest problem. Yeah. We need to say that it's okay that mm-hmm. I have a problem. Yeah. As of the entire nation. Mm-hmm.
0: Everybody has something wrong with that.
1: Right? Like... Some people, and the coldest part is, I've dated women, and it sounds kind of cute when they'd be like, "I'm obsessive compulsive," and you are like, "Oh, dang!" Like, so that's why I'm always cleaning up and picking up your stuff. Just don't mind me. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah, but I'm gonna keep cleaning up your stuff. Part of it becomes cute, like, yeah. oh, so that's why she's so attentive.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: because she understands the problem, and I am the
0: problem. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah. So I feel like Americans are so draught on not thinking there is any problem and looking like they have no problem they can handle everything. Yeah, That therapy is something that we all more than just minorities. Mm-hmm. Minorities is the highest point though. Yeah. Not just brown in America. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Latino in America. Yeah. Uh, Asians actually do, do Everybody, it. Everybody, yeah. You know, they yep. don't do it as often. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the crazy things is that's one of the races because uh, I dated a Filipino girl and it was the father that was like we don't, I don't want you to mention my name. So there is is stuff like that that happens throughout multiple races, yeah, and throughout the multiple cultures, to where it is a restriction on what they feel it is mentally, mm. and that's why I brought it up even with pimping. But yeah. it's, it's, it's a strong, it's an alpha male thing, uh-huh. and it's it's an interaction with the, the the change the dynamic of what's happening thing. Yeah, uh, and it's something that. Having a better understanding of what's going on with yourself and what's going on with your interaction with the people around you Mm -hmm. helps you be a better person. Yeah, never, it's never bad.
0: It's never a bad thing, and therapy is completely confidential, so no one has to know that you're going. You know. Just, you know, go and you, you know, now there's a, there's one that you can actually like pick your therapist. They have a whole bunch, whether you want a woman, a man, LGBTQ, yeah. you know, a, I love that. I, that's that's why I'm saying now it's it. never
1: bad. Yeah. Definitely pick your therapist, mm-hmm. definitely choose the interaction. Um, don't let nobody come in there, you know, being judgy. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah.
1: I, I love stuff that Donald Trump says, but there's some things that the person even like him can't say to other people. Yeah. Simultaneously, I love things that Oprah says mm-hmm. you know and I wouldn't want her saying it to other people yeah because everybody has dynamic, their own
0: yeah their you own know, dynamic so yeah. choose that mm-hmm. you pick your therapist you pick who's comfortable for you what's right for you
1: and I feel like us as a, as a group
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I'm almost signing on Nelly's group because we all we got yeah but as a group we'd be better
0: oh yeah definitely I think that if everybody like went to therapy world peace might actually be possible what do you think if every last person, you know, just worked on themselves and did therapy
1: mm. in the world,
0: will world peace be popular? Lo- world people? peace
1: comes to the land population and things that need to be uh, consumed between now and then. Yeah. The, honestly, the way, you don't want really to put this, but the way that America lives now, we are the perpetuation of World War Three. Mm-hmm. We use so many resources and waste them too, but in our waste we use so much mm-hmm. that there's not enough for everybody yeah and after a while once people's plates get so empty mm-hmm. and their children bellies look so starved they're mm-hmm. gonna want to get some food somewhere.
0: yeah yeah well that's true oh way to end this on a i don't know a, was that a Kind of a dark note. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm USA
1: all the way, girl, so I want us to stay, but yeah. we need to be aware. Definitely. That's one of the things I hated to be a guy who's brown to skin, but sometimes Trump makes a lot of sense. Yeah. America needs to be for America.
0: Well, do you know what we're, we're doing next week? What's up, what? We are going to talk about the Killing Cousins next week. Fred... It's uh, Fred Waterfield and David Allen Gore. We're gonna talk about them next week. They are a killing duo, and they are crazy.
1: A tr- a duo, yeah. Oh, I think this is the first one that we've been really why, done. Why the Ninja Turtles just popped in my mind <laughs> right then?
0: <laughs> they
1: seem like a fun killing pair. Yeah,
0: they're killing. They're killing cousins, and we're gonna talk about them next week.
1: I think it's because he's standing with that pizzazz, killing cousins.
0: Yeah, that's what they call them. So I I decided to talk about them. Are they Crips? No, they're not. They're actually elderly. They're not elderly. They're like middle-aged
1: men. These are older men killing people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is like some golden girls. This is lot- yeah, days. this is
0: about to be a good one. So
1: I don't know why, but when older people do stuff, it's just funner.
0: Yeah, Right. So we are going to see everybody next week. In the meantime, please make sure you rate the show, leave us a review. uh, Wherever you're listening to the podcast, you guys can leave us a review, whether it's Spotify, Apple, I don't know, iHeart, whatever you're listening to, leave us a review. Five stars preferably, please.
1: Every time if you can. Yes,
0: please. And make sure you follow the show on Instagram, Hot Garbage Show. Make sure you um, like us on Facebook we're hot garbage true crime edition make sure you follow my tiktok author nisha because i am an author as well
1: jesus you got a lot of stuff
0: yeah i do and to make sure that you also email us if you want to hot garbage news at gmail.com take care and watch your back out there